Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is DJ Martin. I'm the church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. Welcome to our ongoing midweek teaching series. We've been collaborating with the pastors uh, from North Point Church and Daybreak Community Church over the last couple months to do this midweek teaching series on the character of God. The first half of the series, we covered major attributes of God. For about 10 weeks, we covered some of those um, defining character traits. And in the second half of this series, uh, which we're picking up on today, we're looking at based on who God is, based on those character traits, how does he act in the world? And specifically, we're talking today about the action of God speaking. Uh, God speaks. <laughs> this is one of the very first things we learn about God, as we'll, we'll see in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Right away, we learn two things. God creates and how does he create? He speaks. Uh, next week, I'm going to be uh, hosting uh, a call with Shannon Vining uh, from North Point. Both of us are artists. Both of us like to write and create uh, music and write music and stories and poetry and all, all different uh, types of creation. And so uh, we're going to be collaborating on talking about God, uh, the action of God uh, creating. But today we're talking about God speaking, which begs the question, if God speaks, how do I hear his voice? <laughs> and how do I know it's actually his voice when I'm trying to hear him, when I'm trying to listen to him? One of the scriptures that if you've heard me teach for uh, any length of time, you've probably heard me quote at one point or another because I just relate to it maybe as much as any scripture um, is David's prayer in Psalm 28 when he says, I pray to you, so I'm speaking to you, oh Lord, my rock, please hear me. <laughs> like, don't, don't turn away from me. Don't, uh, don't turn a deaf ear to me, he says. Uh, so when I'm praying to you, listen. And then he turns it, um, because if you're not speaking, if you're silent and I can't hear your voice, he says, I might as well give up and die. Um, the, the Hebrew there is, I'll be like one who goes down to shale or to the pit, to Hades. I like how the NLT translates it here, New Living Translation, where he says, if you are silent, I might as well give up and die, which is exactly what David is expressing um, with this sentiment. And I relate to this so much because if God's, if God's not real, if he doesn't actually speak, um, then what's the point? What's the purpose? Um, what, what keeps me from a massive existential crisis is believing in, and having faith and, and hope and belief that not only is there a God, um, but there's a God who has revealed himself um, most, most beautifully, most wonderfully uh, through the living word, through, through Jesus. And that's the big idea of, of today's brief teaching, that God speaks. Right at the beginning of the Bible, we learn that God is a God who creates and who, who, uh, who speaks. Specifically, he creates by speaking. God has not left his creation without revelation, but has revealed the purpose of that creation, of, of his work through his word, Jesus. And God is still speaking today. Genesis 1, 1 to 3, I've already alluded to this scripture. These are, these are the first words uh, of the Bible. These are the first things we learn about God, about his character, and about how he acts. In the beginning, God already existed. So he, he was pre-existent to the world. In the beginning, God, 
what does he do? The first thing we learn about God is that he creates. So he's a creative, artistic, uh, outflowing, outpouring, generating God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created uh, everything that we see and that we know, um, that we live in time and space on this earth. Um, in this cosmos, God created it all. In verse two, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. This is a poetic way of saying everything was chaotic and God brought it into order. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Verse three, and God says, this is specifically how he creates, let there be light. And there was light. John, the apostle John takes this passage and, and just beautifully um, kind of retells it in light of Jesus, in light of the incarnation. And he starts his gospel with the words, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was from God, and the word was God, and everything that came into being has come into being through the word or the logos of God. This is all about God's revelation. Um, to think about revelation is to think about God speaking. In his uh, article, Special Revelation, um, in the Evangelical Dictionary of Theology, C.F.H. Henry says, the term revelation means intrinsically the disclosure of what was previously unknown, the uncovering of what was mystery. In Judeo-Christian theology, the term is used primarily of God's communication to humans of divine truth, that is, his manifestation of himself or of his will. The essentials of the biblical view are that the logos is the divine agent in all re revelation. This revelation being further discriminated as general or universal and specific or particular. Okay, a couple of things to unpack here quickly. When he says logos, that's the Greek word um, that's really hard to translate. In our Bibles, it's usually translated with the English uh, word, word, W-O-R-D. This is this is the word logos is the word in John 1, 1, when John says in the beginning was the logos, and which is most often translated as the word. It can also be uh, translated as wisdom. So it's like, it's like word, wisdom. It's this idea of, of truth itself, the embodiment of truth. So in the beginning was this divine source of wisdom and revelation and truth. And it's Jesus. It's the, the, the living word. All right. One other thing. Uh, to unpack here, um, Henry talks about the idea of general and particular or special revelation. General revelation is like nature. <laughs> so nature reveals the glory of God. The heavens reveal the glory of God. But they, nature doesn't specifically reveal who God is in his deepest essence. Um, the revelation of who God is in his specific, special uh, character um, is revealed through God's special particular revelation, namely, and most beautifully and poignantly, the life and the teaching, the words, the example of Jesus, which is why the Apostle Paul says in Colossians chapter one, Christ, he is the image of the invisible God. He is the revelation of who God is, not just generally, but specifically. Who is God? Jesus. Jesus is the revelation of God. Henry goes on to say this special revelation, the special revelation in sacred history is crowned by the incarnation of the living word and the inscripturation of the spoken word. That's, that's uh, the scriptures being divinely inspired and uh, written down. 
Henry says, the gospel of redemption is therefore not merely a series of abstract theses unrelated to specific historical events. It is the dramatic news that God has acted in saving history. God has spoken. Speak, O Lord, for if you are silent, I might as well go down to the grave. I might as well die. My life is meaningless, David says. And God answers um, in the most beautiful way. In the beginning was the word, and the word is the son of God living among us, revealing the character of God. Henry says, it is the dramatic news that God has acted in saving history, climaxed by the incarnate person and work of Christ for the salvation of lost humankind. So how do we uh, hear God's voice? How do we hear it today? Well, uh, I think that three of the primary ways that we as Christ followers, people who are seeking to follow the way of Jesus, who believe in God, um, are, uh, can hear his voice uh, through the primary ways are scripture, prayer, and the community of God, or the body of Christ, the church. And these three things are in mutual submission. Any one of them on their own uh, can be weaponized, uh, like scripture has been weaponized to endorse slavery or put women down or, or you know, horrendous things have been done in the name of scripture. Uh, obviously, that is not the purpose of scripture. The purpose of scripture is to reveal the story of God, the story that God is unveiling, uh, which culminates most beautifully in the person of Jesus. So we hear God's voice through meditation and reading and study of the scriptures. We hear God's voice through prayer, through individual prayer, like in the quietness of our own hearts and voices praying to God. And then in collective prayer and community praying together, which is connected to this idea that we also hear God's voice through the church, through, through the body of Christ, through the communion of the saints. Um, and these three things are meant to be in a synergistic relationship. And so we hear God's voice most clearly when we are engaged regularly in scripture, when we are praying without ceasing, as Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, when we are devoting ourselves to prayer, as he says in Colossians, uh, when we're in community with the body of Christ, um, as the scriptures invite us uh, to be in. We also can hear God's voice uh, through, through other ways, like nature. Um, all, you know, I've already quoted this verse, but the heavens declare the glory of the Lord, or Paul has, has that passage in Romans 1 where he talks about we're without excuse because all of us should know that there's a God just based on design patterns uh, that we can see when we open our eyes and look at the wonders of nature. Uh, there's that uh, beautiful uh, hymn, This is My Father's World, that talks about God's voice uh, coming in various ways as we explore nature. Um, I hear him pass in the rustling grass. He speaks to me everywhere. Uh, the writer of the hymn says. We can hear God's voice through songs, hymns, music. I hope all of us have had uh, the transcendent experience of being with the body of Christ or at a concert or something like that and, and singing a well-orchestrated, well-written song, maybe singing words of scripture put to music. And, and there's this overwhelming sense that God is present and he's pleased and he's speaking. We can hear God's voice through art. Um, I think about how profound we, uh, Rembrandt's painting of the prodigal son uh, has impacted me and, and many, many, many other people and, and various other beautiful works of art or symphonies or a well-told story. I mean, how many of us have had our hearts stirred, our spirits stirred when we read uh, the Chronicles of Narnia and read about Aslan or read about, you know, the Lord of the Ring uh, or, you know, whatever beautiful stories poems can lead us to God, but these also are in submission 
uh, primarily to scripture, um, which works with prayer in the body of Christ. So each of these are ways uh, that we can hear God's voice. The primary ways being scripture, prayer, and uh, the communion of the saints or, or the church. You may still feel like, I don't know that I can hear God's voice, uh, to which I want to draw you, uh, draw us to John 10, where, where Jesus is talking about being the good shepherd and speaking to his sheep, us. He says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. He knows you. <laughs> he knows you and you know him. Just as the father knows me and I have uh, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. What an amazing shepherd we have. I have other sheep that are not of his sheep. And now he's talking about us. Uh, I'm assuming most of the people listening to this or watching this or, are uh, in our circle here are probably Gentiles, a non-Jewish uh, background. And, and yet he's called us into his family. Verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep and I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. Earlier in the passage, he said, I'm the good shepherd. Uh, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And speaking to us down through the ages today, he says, you too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my father. We know his voice as his sheep. And so when you think about uh, this, this passage, when you think about this idea, do you think that God is still speaking today? I listed some of the ways that we can hear his voice through scripture, through prayer, through the community of the body of Christ, through nature, through art, through music. Do you think that God is still speaking today? And, and if so, how do you hear him and how do you validate that it's actually his voice? And how is God speaking in the world today? Not, not just to us, but how is he speaking in the world today? And the last question, why is the specific special revelation of God so important? Why is Jesus the, the, vo the voice incarnate of God, the, the word made flesh? How, why is he and his story so important to this? Why is he the key to understanding the voice of God? I hope that uh, this teaching and uh, brief conversation has been an encouragement to you today. I hope and pray that you um, know Jesus as your shepherd and know his voice and that you know that he is speaking. Thanks so much for joining us today. Have a great day. Go with God. Be blessed.